This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, we have goals at Tanadice, we have goals at Dens Park, and England forgot to include Yuri Geller on the team sheet. Hello and welcome to Twa Teams One Street, episode number 125, incredibly enough. Um, we decided to change things up about this week. Uh, obviously, Callum did all the hard work in the games uh, in midweek, both ten- Dens and Tanadice, so you're stuck with me, George Cran, doing the presenting this week. Taking it easy today then, Callum? Feet up, Gio. Um, I've been running about up, down, across the street, sideways, over the zebra crossing, everything. Did, so, did you just um, camp out in the middle? It's been a busy old middle one. Middle of that park in between. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, yep, on the wee play park, um, and amongst the wood chips and the the seesaw and the climbing frame and that. That was me with my tent. Just on Tuesday night uh, uh, after the Dundee game, waiting for the United game to start on Wednesday. But hey, look, it's it's what we want. We we, we sit and moan when this time last year there was no football. So um, having these having these games is brilliant. So uh, we're also, of course, joined by the bear. Finnan. Hello everyone. Uh, how's it going, Bear? How's the weather? Yeah, over there? well, it's summer this year. It's uh, it, it's scorched you, George. It's <laughs> absolutely burning outside, and I would I would suggest that if you are like a, a, a lot of Dundonians, a, a peewee wally complexion, if you are follically challenged, <laughs> then you you are going to be in danger over the next few days. So get your hats on and get your sun cream on. But get outside because it's, it's really nice of you. And we're stuck in here doing a podcast. Exactly. I didn't want Imagine. to say that, George. Yeah. Although I'd, I'd, I'm not sure Callum's old enough to get that Scotchio reference, to be honest. <laughs> I've, I've heard my dad say it. Does that show how he views that? The fast show is, is what uh, that's from, Callum. So get it washed. Watched. Not washed. Get it washed. Get it washed. Well, is, the, uh, is the fast show that one when it's like, yeah, jazz, baby, that one? That one? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've just not seen the Scotchio bit, but. Anyway, I should say as well that you talk about being follically challenged. I had my legs out at Tanadice in the press box um, God, last night God. and they are follically challenged and they are peely wally. They're just like two milk bottles. Hairless, <laughs> a hairless wonder. Um, so sorry to anyone that I offended in the press box. You put horrible vision in, in the, the listener's sort of memory. There, well, no wonder the, the players were running about so hard and scoring so many goals <laughs> just to get away. It was the glare coming right. off them. It was <laughs> spurring them on. That's, wh- that's where we'll start today, I think. Uh, United have obviously had two games they kicked off with. Yes. A win at Kelty. A good win last night, as we're recording on the Thursday against Elgin. But the big thing was uh, having 500 home fans at game for the first time and I counted them all up. 16 months. Last one was a 1 1 draw with Partick Thistle in the Championship. But Dylan Powers scored the only goal. It feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? it? It does. A lot's changed. Just when you say that there, I have to have a wee laugh at myself, not at Dylan Powers' footballing ability, but the fact that it was him, it was Patrick Thistle, who have had a whole season in League One since, and um, United were in the Championship. And yeah, it seems like a lifetime ago, so it was amazing. Uh, you know, We've seen it at, at Dens a couple of times at the playoff games and friendlies and obviously um, in their um, obviously Betfred Cup and their League Cup game against um, Broder the other night. But to have it at, our, at the City's other stadium at Tanadice um, was brilliant and, and I'm sure eventually the fans enjoyed their, their evening. It wasn't <laughs> the uh, the best start against Elgin. They, they went 1-0 down pretty early to 
to uh, Kane Hester. He scored, a, he scored a great goal, to be fair. It was a lovely composed finish. He's a, he's a top player. Um, he, he'd hit the bar with a sort of acrobatic overhead kick about a minute before. So the warning signs were there. Um, just a bit of a slow start from United. And then, obviously, I think the fans would have, in the end, um, gone home pretty happy with the the performance in the final score, 6-1. Um, Shankland at a double. Again, that's him on three this season already, which is great given... Um, the sort of slight troubles he had in front of goal last season. Um, Nicky Clark, Peter Pollitt, Kieran Freeman, and Chris Mockery getting amongst the goals as well. So overall, I think they can be happy with that. And um, Kelty Hearts was a much tougher game. It has to be said they're a, they're a good side um, at New Central Park last Friday night. Shankland getting the winner pretty late on there, but um, yeah, United can be can be pretty happy with with their start so far. They're top of the group. They've scored seven goals. They've only conceded one. Um, they're playing some decent stuff. I think, if we're being honest, um, last season that wouldn't have happened if they went 1-0 down and um, the reaction might have been to, to get back level, to maybe go ahead, a couple ahead, and then it would have been a bit more of a conservative approach, even against the likes of an Elgin, I think. So to see them go on and get six goals, um, not a disrespect to Elgin going on and hammering them like that, but it, it, it's a good confidence boost for United and it, hopefully it's an indication of, of things to come, a, a more attacking um, goal scoring team it's obviously a good start to life for uh, Tam Course as, as head coach as he's yeah. as he's known I almost called him manager I mean in that whole time there wasn't fans there Mickey Mellon's come and gone and fans didn't even get a chance to say anything to him in the stadium um, but Bear I mean first game Away to Kelly Hearts, 1-0, you get a clean sheet, you get three points, Lauren Chantman gets a goal, and then to follow up with a 6-1, it's a pretty decent start, isn't it? Tom Course will be satisfied. Yeah. I mean, the last thing, as we've talked about on previous podcasts, he didn't want any sort of hiccups straight away, so he's got off to a really uh, comfortable comfortable start, um, scoring goals, two wins in the bag, top of the section, uh, everything's going well at this point in time, but it's early, early days, and, and Tom Courts would, would admit that himself. I think what we've seen from United is, uh, well, well, we've seen the, the guys you've touched on there, you know, we've seen uh, Freeman doing well, Duffy coming in, getting a chance, Mochery, mm-hmm. um, and Kerr Smith's had a game. If you look at United's team over both these games, the nucleus of that squad is ultra experience. And I think that's what we're going to see going ahead. They've still got Seagrees there, which is great. Yep. They've, still, they've got Edwards playing, they've got Reynolds playing, Paul is on, Fuchs is on, Shankland is on, scoring goals, Clark. You know, we've seen Butcher, we've seen Charlie Mulgrew in there. Yeah, talk of United playing, you know, a group of youngsters um, in their lineup is incorrect. Mm-hmm. They will they will start the season with an, a very experienced uh, team on the park, and it will have one or two youngsters, which is a great great thing for any team. But you know, ultimately, it will be the the experienced men who will who will be in there. But it's a great start for. Uh, for Tam Courts and his, his backroom staff, and he'll be he'll be well satisfied with a lot at this point in time. And the the youngsters that seem to really stood out have been the two two wing backs or, or full backs. Obviously, mm. we we know Flynn Duffy, uh, me and you, Callum. But Kieran Freeman's come in, got the assist for the first game, picked up what, what did he get two assists at Elgin and a goal. I yeah, mean, that's that's pretty decent from the two youngsters coming. Yeah, in. I think that's for Freeman anyway. It's three assists um, and a goal over the two games. So. Uh, we spoke to him after the game last night, and he was delighted. I think he's been through a lot of, um, and he's only he's only twenty one, but he's, mm-hmm. he's had quite a, a lot of troubles in his his career so far. After a lot of like early promise going down to Southampton at sixteen, obviously leaving 
United's academy at the time and had a lot of problems of injuries. I think it was two or three separate knee injuries um, that sort of held him back at, at St Mary's and he came back up the road. He's at United now and um, on loan at Peterhead last season. He can play all across the back four. He's played in midfield. He looks like a versatile player, full of running, uh, loads of energy. And he looks like he's, he's you know, not in great circumstances because Liam Smith's struggling a wee bit with an injury, but he's came in and take, taken his chance and... Um, you know, hopefully he gets a wee run of games now. Um, you know, he's going to have competition there when Liam Smith comes back. Of course, an experienced campaigner, but um, he, he was great. You know, bombing down the right hand side um, all game against Kelly Hearts, particularly against Elgin. It was a more open game against Elgin. He had more license to go and do that. But even for his goal, it was it shows the power of the boy because he was running up the right wing and he was shouting at Lawrence Shanklin to give him the ball when mm. Shanklin was bearing down on goal. So um, you know what Lawrence Shanklin's like about goal. So you thought he'd have got himself, but. To be fair, very unselfish from from Shanks and, and lays in Freeman and he, he arrows it into the bottom corner. To be fair, it was a great finish and yeah, his delivery was was brilliant. Um, and on the other side, Flynn Duffy, like you say, George, we know all about him. Um, but he's a uh, lot. Maybe the fans don't, so I guess we better talk about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he's um, he's got a brilliant, brilliant delivery. Um, a great engine as well. He, he never tired, uh, as you would expect for a seventeen-year-old, I suppose. But it, it can be quite tough, obviously, playing the man's game for the first time and. Um, you know, the energy and, and what's at stake in front of fans as well, playing at Tanadice for the first time. There's a lot of fuss for him um last night. So um yeah, he he coped really well and he was he was pulling out the flicks and tricks at at, at one point, which will be familiar to us. He was scooping the ball over boys' heads and things like that. So he was he was enjoying himself, I think. Um and he was unlucky, I have to say, not to to get an assist or a goal over the course of the two games himself because he was he was that good, he really was. Um, so you know he's 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 done um, admirably covering for Jamie Robson who's been out suspended, Adrian Spoiler who's injured. So um, it gives it gives Tam Courts a decision to make for um, a broth on Saturday. Does he bring Robson back in, who will be you know finished his his uh, time in the sidelines of suspension? Um, does he continue with Kieran Freeman? I, I suspect he will. Liam Smith won't be fully fit, but um, yeah, Flynn Duffy's a big decision for him. On, on Saturday, but well, he's, he's he's not put a foot wrong, so mm. I imagine he'll, he'll, he'll continue to get the nod. So, yeah, well impressed with both of them. And obviously, next up's a broth on Saturday. You'd expect that to be a, a big step up there from the, the two league, league two sides of the fist so yeah, far. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, Kelly are obviously going in the right direction in terms of what they've got and the money they've spent. They, they provided United with, with a fair challenge uh, down at Central Park. Elgin was was a different different story last night, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it is fair to say that Arbroath will provide the, the biggest test in the group, and the, the table the table bears it out. Arbroath are on six points as well, so yeah. you know it's an important game in, in terms of you know who's going to finish top of this group because if if, you, if it was to go Arbroath's way, whether that be via penalty shootout, it would put them in the driving seat to finish top, and then. You're in the lap of the gods a wee bit whether you actually qualify again, George. And United certainly don't want to go down that route. But no, it'll be, it'll be a good game for United, uh, you know, given another opportunity to play at Tannice. But, when you know, we, we talked about this before. Lawrence Shankland is now scoring goals and yeah. he tends to do particularly well in this competition. It's a good it's a good introduction for him for, for the season. So, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if he gets his, um, himself on the score sheet again. But it's great. great. Dick Campbell's always good value for money <laughs> and the cider good value for money as well. So it'll be, it'll be a good entertaining 90 minutes at Tannadice on Saturday for the fans who are in the stadium. Well, I saw just saw this morning that Dick Campbell's been uh, having a bit of pop at some teams for using the using these games as pre-season. Uh, and I'm kind of 
kind of with him. He says, I feel sorry for the sponsors, I think he said. Uh, <laughs> not getting their money's worth. Yeah. Teams are just using them mm-hmm. as a glorified friendly. So who, but, um, George, you just come in there, George. Who's he actually talking about? Because what I would suggest is, I mean, the vast majority of Premier League teams, you can't afford to treat, treat them just as a, you know ordinary friendly pre-season games. I mean, could you imagine Tam Courts if they got bumped out of this competition in, in the, at the group stage? I know. The pressure that would be piled on him. So I certainly know happening at Tarnish. There's no happening at Dens. I'd like, I'd like to know who Dick was talking about. I could see it maybe happening maybe further down the tables where other teams are maybe just, you know, yeah. getting their squads in shape. But then you've got to... You've got to have a look around and say, how are teams coping with the, the, the COVID thing? Have they got all their players available, all these part-time teams? So you've got to take that into the equation as well. But I doubt very much of any of the, the top flight clubs that are treating it as, you know, just, just a, a pre-season yeah. runner. It's a tournament up for grabs as well, isn't it, at the end yeah, of the day? I mean, exactly. that, that, that's it's a cup there. And, and it, it, because of the group format, so many teams get, get bumped out of it early doors. So I think it goes down to, what, um, a last 16 almost straight away. So, you know, it, it gives you... Or maybe it's maybe it's not. Maybe it's a thirty-two. I'm not too sure actually. It must be a last sixteen. But yes. uh, um, you know, it, it's, it's a huge opportunity there to go and um and, and win a trophy. So so yeah, I think a lot of teams are taking it seriously, and I can assure you, Tam Courts <laughs> yeah. will be taking it seriously because after Kane Hester um got that that opener <laughs> last night, there's a the few disgruntled <laughs> fans. Um, they were sitting in the in in, in the same uh stand as us um the, the hospitality people were sitting just just beside us really um giving me pelters all all, all, all evening <laughs> nah they weren't but um they were they were giving uh giving courts pelters after the the first goal and understandably so i suppose you don't want to concede a goal after four minutes against a league two team on your home debut <laughs> yeah. so first game back with, with fans um in the stadium so no like bear says can you imagine if they went exactly. out it would be It'd be pandemonium. So I know. Well, you just look back at, at a few seasons when uh, Shabalazlo was was in charge. His last season, he he basically admitted at the start that he was just using them as friendlies. And yeah. I, I think United. I don't think they won the opening two games against. I think that was our growth one time at Gayfield. I think they didn't win the two, and then there was big pressure on them because I remember being at Elgin actually covering United um, up there. And the, you could feel the pressure. The fans were really unhappy yeah. at that point. And poor uh, Mike Martin, who was the chairman at that time, was sitting right next to them and getting an absolute earful before <laughs> the game at Elgin. Because I was sitting right behind them. It was, yeah. it was quite quite a sight. But, uh, <laughs> aye. It's, but on the on the other side, for guys like Lon Shankland, as we've mentioned, I mean, he, he must love this competition. He must love taking on the lower league teams at the before the league even even starts get get his eye in, get some goals goals in. He obviously did that way. I think he got seven for a year before in his last season there before yeah. he scored what, thirty five goals. So I mean I mean that's great for United, isn't it? Absolutely it is. Um he's the kind of guy um who you can um lean on if you need to at times, you'd imagine, um, with his goals. We we saw that in the championship. Um, you know, he, he not single handedly, but there were times where he, he dragged United through games. Um, got them important goals and he did that at Kelly Hearts and, and they'll be hoping that going into the Premiership if they can keep him um, and obviously they're in, they're in talks to extend his contract right now so that's a good sign um, they'll be hoping that, that he can be the man again he can go on and get um, he only managed nine last season he's got three already so if he stays you'd, you'd back him to get double figures at least so um, already looking brighter for Lawrence and I should say I was meant, about to mention this at the, the top of the show but I think he was joking, but when I came out of Tannadice last night and went to get my car at the car park, he was sitting there 
in his car, um, sitting at the window, window down, and he just shouted over at me, um, I've been waiting for you. And I was like, what? <laughs> See, I've been waiting five minutes for you. And I'm like, over to him he's like but you thought you had a story tonight didn't you so um even even the players were seeing the kind of the funny side of uh elgin taking the lead uh against them and i had a brief chat with him after that and uh, I bet you, yeah calm i bet you thought you were ready to get one in the nose for him or something yeah, <laughs> absolutely i wasn't i actually wasn't sure who, who it was at first and then I, I turned around and it was his big grinning face he was sitting on his phone waiting to waiting to drive off so um i i, I Bizarre, actually. I don't know if he was genuinely waiting for me to give me pelters, but um, <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't put it past him. But it seems like he's enjoying himself, enjoying his football. And, um, you know, when you're scoring goals at, at the rate he is so far, you're bound to be. That's what he's all about. I think he, he gets the mick taken out of him a wee bit in the United squad about how much he loves scoring goals. So, But um, I think the other players best best be careful because if, if he stops scoring goals then they're all in trouble so <laughs> um, no good player and, and hopefully has a good season and you mentioned uh, obviously contract talks and stuff but another one in contract talks is, is Ryan Edwards he's been linked to a, a move back down south I think Tranmere was mentioned was it Mickey Mellon's team which yeah. maybe would have concerned some uh, United fans he, he, he did really well last season a few goals as well he'd be a good Good man to keep around, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Um, I was Tranmere, uh, Fleetwood Town, and, and Wigan as well that were uh, reportedly interested in, in trying to trying to sign him. Um, you're left to run these deal. I, I spoke to Tim Courts quite earlier this week, and he was saying they'd opened um, informal discussions, and had been having chats with with Edwards, and that were on they were on the same page, um, thinking that remaining at Dundee United um, is the best place for him right now. So um, it seems that. Um, those chats have progressed um, and they're looking positive and they're further down the line to agreeing an extension um, for the big defender. So, um, yeah, he was massive for them last season. Um, he played 45 minutes last night. He's been coming back to full fitness. He was he contracted COVID, I think, in, um, I think it was mid-June. Um, so he had a wee bit of time on the sidelines recovering from that. So he's a wee bit late in his pre-season um, and he missed a Celtic game through suspension. So, yeah, he's working his way back to full fitness, and and again, yeah, hopefully he's one that they can they can keep because yeah, he's he's probably the best centre back they've got at the club, and they've got plenty of options um, there. But I think you want to keep your your main man, and yeah, he's one that they can look to build that back four around. He's fantastic in the air, like you say, in both boxes. George he chips in with goals as well, so that's invaluable. Um, and he's just, I think he's just a good guy to have around the place. He seems like a well respected, likable character. Um, especially after all he's been through with his, um, you know, going through the cancer battle and things like that, I think I think people um, instantly gravitate and respect, um, gravitate towards him and respect a guy like that. So yeah, a great one to try and keep. And you know, two of them, you know, you look at Shankland, uh, Edwards, those were the ones that fans were really worried about. Benjamin Segrist as well, of course. But to be in talks with two of them, um, at least at the moment, is is really positive news for for the fans and the club. And yeah, you, you mentioned. Uh... Benji, I better ask the resident goalkeeper union member because uh, obviously Trevor Carson's come in as well there do you, yeah. think, do you see that as a, a good addition obviously he had a very good time at Mullerwell yeah. then really bad injuries and stuff do you see him coming in to replace Segrist well he'll only replace Segrist well, if Segrist might still yeah he'll only replace uh, Benji if, if Benji leaves let's, yeah. let's be honest and, and the good thing is it's another week down the line and, and Benji is is still there but I was a big fan of Trevor Carson at Motherwell. I thought he, he always 
played really well when when I, when I saw him against the local team. Certainly, um, I did. You know, he did suffer. He suffered through injuries. That that would be a concern. You know that, that yeah, hopefully hopefully for the, for the lad himself that he has got himself back to full fitness. But he's more than capable of. If Benji were to move on suddenly, he is more than capable of filling that void. I've no doubt about that. I'd like to see him getting some game time, and maybe that uh, maybe that might might happen if, if if United get through on Saturday. We might actually see Tom Courts giving giving uh, Trevor Carson a, a, a run uh, in the, the other game yeah. in the group. Um, yeah. But yeah, he could certainly fill that that void. No problem. There's still obviously concerns about Benji, but. A week on, he's still there, so we'll wait and see where we'll go in the next seven days. Exactly, and obviously the club will be trying to bring in some more additions. One man they were they were uh, they're looking at is a former Motherwell attacker striker. Well, he wasn't really a striker; it's more like a a wide forward. Yeah, is James Scott. Uh, he's been at Hull. Uh, do you remember much of him, Cal? I, I really liked him when he was at Motherwell. Yeah, he was a big strong boy, wasn't he? Yeah, good. He's really good direct. Mm-hmm. He's good with the ball at his feet. Mm-hmm. I, I really like him. Yeah, like you say though, he's not like a centre forward. He plays off plays off the flank and uh, can come in and cause defences problems. Good in the air, lots of pace. Um, still pretty young as well. I think he's still only twenty, maybe twenty one, something like that. So, um, I think w- what they'd be looking at is a is a loan deal for him, similar to to Mark McNulty last year, a loan player coming up from. From a you know a reasonable level, I think Hull are, are kind of League One um, in England coming up and, and getting some games. Um, certainly one that United should be looking at. There's a few other teams, I believe. Um, St Johnston definitely uh, interested. I think Hearts were the other team quoted with having a wee interest in in James Scott. But yeah, it would be it would be a good addition. I think they need someone else um, to come in alongside Lawrence Shankland and and Nicky Clark. And I think having He's, he wouldn't say he's a target man, but he's certainly more of an aerial threat than Clark or Shanklin. So hmm. having him there could maybe free up um, Clark and Shanklin, like like we saw last night against Elgin. Good interplay between Clark, Shanklin, um, Flo Hawty, Peter Pollitt. They're quick in, in that final third, but having a, having a big lad up there with them, um, it's maybe something United they've been missing for a couple of seasons. Actually, having a big. A big target man, probably since Osman So, but uh, we obviously didn't play very much for <laughs> for United. Um, Pavel Sofranko had a great spring on him, despite not being absolutely huge. But um, yeah, they've maybe not had that sort of big number nine. So yeah, get him in yeah. would be would yeah. be great. I'll, I'll, not, I'll not mention Thomas Mickelson's name. In, in that. <laughs> yeah, well, there is no, that email link was another one. <laughs> Don't forget about him. A couple of oh, God. Danish Danish geniuses. <laughs> um, Mickelson was a lot better than Ling. Oh know. yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. last thing uh, I think um, maybe maybe some news on Neil Alexander at United. Yeah, well there was some. Um, I was going to say pretty vicious Twitter rumours, but there might be some truth in them. So, um, but there was some Twitter rumours that came out this week that that um, the goalkeeping coach at United, Neil Alexander, had had a bust up with with the manager Tam Courts in training, and that he'd. He'd left the club. Um, we see it reported in the Sun that he has actually left the club. I spoke to uh, Tam about it last night. Alexander wasn't at the game, um, warming up the goalkeepers as he usually would, or, or in the dugout passing on the instructions. But um, what 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 Tam said is, is is there will be more coming out on that um, in the coming days. But he he did say that there was no bust up, um, and he is he is looking to get his own people in. So. To me, it suggests that Alexander is away and they will be looking to bring in another goalkeeping coach. 
Um, but but Courts was very quick to sort of um, get away from the sort of sensationalist line of there being a bust up um, between the two. So um, it looks like there is going to be somebody else coming in um, and we'll, we'll try and find out um, over the coming days exactly what the situation is there. Um, but it would be, a, would be a loss, I think. I think Neil Alexander's done a good job with the mm-hmm. goalkeepers. You only have to look at Benjamin Segrist's progress from back up to Matty Rakivan to, you know, like one million pound goalkeeper essentially. Um you know, he's he's um he's done he's done great work with him. Um and yeah, will be a big loss if he goes, but it's a developing situation at the moment, I think is what we can say and um we'll hopefully get a bit more light on it in in the coming days. And yeah, we'll wait and see, I guess, what happens with uh, Neil Alexander's future, mate. Maybe by the next time we do a podcast we may have found out what's going on with the goalkeeper coach situation. But yep. Main thing was it's great to see fans back at Tannadice. Obviously, they saw their team in ruthless mood in the Premier Sports Cup, uh, but they weren't the only team battering goals in past lower league opposition in the cup. Next up, we'll talk Dundee. Are you a Dundee United supporter? You're probably pictured in the Arabs Away book. Do you know any Dundee United supporters? They're probably in the book too. You your friends, your family, your tribe are in this book. This is a football book with a difference. It isn't really about the players, the games, the on-field achievements. It's about you, the supporter. It tells the story of the supporter's journey. It shows us in triumph, in despair, in song, in anger and in pubs. It shows us laughing and celebrating, home and away, young and old, for better or worse. Have a leaf through the book. Every few pages you exclaim, I ken that lad, or I was there, or I remember that. There's never been a United book like this. There never will be again. As one of our podcast listeners, you can get an exclusive 20% discount on Arabs Away at dcthompsonshop.co.uk using the code ARABS20 at checkout. That's A-R-A-B-S-2-0 at the checkout of dcthompsonshop.co.uk. UK. Check the episode notes for details and terms. Yeah, frustratingly, I myself couldn't be at Dens on Tuesday because I was told to get a, a COVID test and had to self-isolate while I waited for the results to come through. Uh, to annoy me even further, the results came through midway through the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't help. But obviously... Calm, you stepped up manfully in my yes. place to take over at Dens Park. Uh, did you enjoy yourself? How was it? How was Dundee? How were Dundee? I've been in Dundee for four years and it's it's still, <laughs> the, same, still the same as it was, a CDCD old town. Um, no, um, that's a real kick in the teeth for you, getting your results at half time. Um, I don't know. Gotten, gotten for that, I have to well, say. Well, they yeah. were negative though, so it wasn't that bad. Right. <laughs> you could have came and taken over, but I have to say, I, I really really enjoyed myself um at Dens. I I've just kind of worked out there. It's not hard maths, but in the last two days I've seen ten goals um between the two clubs, I think, following United last season. It probably would have taken me about three months to see ten goals. <laughs> um ten United ten United goals that that is. Uh it's, I've seen a few games four 0 against, so um it wouldn't have been wouldn't have taken me that long in terms of away goals. But no, um back to back to the subject matter in hand. Um Dundee were were excellent. Um, albeit yeah, it was only against Brora Rangers, but um, they're a decent team. I think they're a team that could quite easily um find themselves in the league. You know, I think they'd be a decent League Two team. Um, 
if they came up. So Dundee had to go out and do a professional job. And if we're being quite honest, it could have easily been like the United score. If they were a bit, wee bit more clinical, it could have been six, could have been seven. Um, they were they were fantastic. Paul McMillan led the way. Two goals, two assists, um, a masterclass is what I descri- described it. I got a bit of stick from United fans for that. Obviously still a bit uh, salty at him uh, going over, over the road, it has to be said. Um, but he's been, he's been Dundee's alongside Charlie Adam, you'd say he's been Dundee's main man for a long time now um, since he came in the door and he's starting to add goals to his game. Um, he looked absolutely lightning. Um, I think you know the the, the Brewer Rangers left backs were going home having nightmares in their in their beds um, about Paul McMullen running at them because he was he was nonstop. Yeah, um, good to see Alex Kubiak getting on the goal, the goal sheet as well. Um, you know he had a really tough time with injuries. Um, you know a lot more about that than I do, George. But he, he was he was really struggling, wasn't he? Yeah. Out for a long time with a couple of different things. And um, Paul McGowan popping up again. I was actually sitting writing him off in the press box saying oh, this midfield's going to be really tough for Paul McGowan to keep his place in this season and then he pops up and scores <laughs> a goal about two minutes later so um, never write Gowser off so no good performance um, great start to um, the Premier Sports Cup campaign for James Pig's team fans in the stadium four goals clean sheet can't ask for much more um, and yeah they roll on to Ross County on Sunday now don't they so that'll be a big test and then talking about McGowan obviously he scored against uh, he scored a cracker against Leighton Orient just last week in a friendly yep. as well um, but James McPake actually thought uh, McGowan was Dundee's best player last season uh, which tells you how much he appreciates the, the kind of work Gowser does for him um, Bear obviously the way Dundee finished last season they look like they're going to keep keep the ball rolling that's that's the main job now isn't it keep them yeah I, I almost tried to say that word and I'm, I'm not going to do it right momentum keep up the good form from last season <laughs> yeah the momentum is the words you're looking for George that's Aye. it keep the momentum going that's it and they have they've done that and it, it's great you know they've started well I suppose it was expected they would beat Brewer a bit still a good performance you know I've been yep. at games at Densby where you've expected them to turn over teams and it's not quite worked out that way but Dundee have, have started really well and they look they look quite a you know Nice on the eye, what, what I've seen so far, certainly. But touched on you, you mentioned Paul McGowan, and I've, you know, I've, I've already gone on record and said that I'm, I think it's going to be difficult for Paul McGowan and Charlie Arden to play in the same team together next season. But he's doing Jim McPake is, is obviously not taking any of my sort of <laughs> advice, and he's right, right not to. He's the manager; he knows what's going on, and he's been playing Adam and, and McGowan, and, and it looks great. McGowan looks as though he's found a new lease of life. The, the break's done him well. He's, he, he's looking fit. He's looking sharp. Similarly, but Adam, he looks as though he's right up for it, and it, it's so it'll only be great for the manager. You know, you, you play the you play the guys that are in form, and if, if McGowan and Adam, uh, uh, you know, are, are are the best performing players for Dundee, then they've got to play. It's as simple as that. And the other players have just got to try and work hard to get the jersey. But overall, it's been a great start for Dundee. You talk about Paul Mc uh, McMullen, yeah. Good to see him getting goals. You know, when you had goals at United, we saw mm-hmm. him doing that at Dundee United, but it just didn't harm mm-hmm. for him. At, at Dens, when he, when he came in last season, he, he, he was his contribution was invaluable to Dundee getting promoted. There's no doubt about that. But every time he seemed to strike a shot at goal, he scuffed it or hit a defender. It just it just wasn't <laughs> going for the lad. But yeah. hopefully this is him. This is him starting now. You know he's got his, his first few goals, and you know what? If he can add if he can add goals to the assists that he provided at the end of last season, you know Dundee fans will be will be thoroughly thoroughly delighted. Um, you know, obviously good to see Alex Jacoby getting on the score sheet, but. 
we've not seen him this season. Um, he's going to have a job on his hands as well. Yeah. Getting into that team when you when you see guys like sort of Paul McMullen and Cummins and if they get Sheridan in and Danny Mullen, hopefully when he's fit. But uh, no, it's a good start for Dundee. Looking forward to Sunday. I think it's going to be a, a good gaze to see where, where where Dundee are when they go up to Ross County. Um, one, it'll be good in terms of their uh, their fitness, which I think will not be in question. I think that they're looking really, really sharp at, at this point in time. It'll be good in terms of the standard of opposition. They're playing a, a Premier League side, and I would suggest that it, it, it's a side that it's one of the teams that Dundee will be looking to finish above next season. Hmm. So we'll see where we are um, in that one. And it's also... It's, it's a big game in terms of the group itself. If Dundee can get a result up there, it puts them in a, a very healthy position to, to go on and, and you know take that number one spot in the group, which is automatic yeah. qualification. So, oh, and it's, it's a good, you know, it, it'll be a good test for Dundee, but they're playing well. So, you know, I'm, I wouldn't bet against them going up there and getting a result on Sunday. No, I think they're in looking in really good shape, even through the, fr- the friendlies, although you, you take them with a pinch of salt. Uh, I mean West Ham they played West Ham on Friday West Ham had a, started with a really good team although they were a bit sluggish admittedly um, their first game of pre-season and Dundee played really well that day um, and obviously ended up with a draw um, but no I, I agree with you that I think Ross County is going to be a, a really good uh, sign of where Dundee are, are sitting at the moment maybe a good sign of where Ross County are sitting obviously they've got a new yeah. manager and Malky Mackay uh, coming in. They've a big change in their squad, actually. Uh, there's a, f- a few of the kind of experienced faces that have moved on, like Michael Gardine and I think Bill Mackay's away, uh, Ian Vigors, uh, Ross Draper, the, the kind of guys that have been around at Ross County for a long, long time. So the, do you see the, the same way? Are you looking forward to that game, actually, Calm After seeing Dundee play against, obviously, a Highland League opposition, but taking on a a Highland team that are in the Premiership. Are you looking forward to seeing how they how they're going to cope when it comes to the, the league league stuff? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's that's sort of the early acid test for them, isn't it? Like, can yeah. they make the step up? Um, I've got no doubts about them that they can. You only have to look at their squad. Um, the vast majority of them have at least some Premiership experience. Um, Charlie Adam, vast experience. Liam Fontaine, vast experience. Uh, Cammy Kerr's played plenty of games at that level. Um, Paul McMullen's played games at that level. Danny Mullen, Alex Jakubiak, Jason Cummins. A lot of them have played games um, at the top level in Scotland. So I've got no qualms about the quality of the players. And the most important thing about Dundee is I hadn't seen a lot of them um, in, in their most recent run. So I haven't seen it in the flesh, but they look so confident right now. They look so yeah. t- together um, as a team, as a unit. Um, it, it doesn't really seem to matter who they're playing. They're going to give them a game. They're not going to win every game. They're not going to um, play well every single week. But I think they've got enough about them to to definitely um, stay up. And, and look, it's wide open. I think there's so many good teams next season. It's absolutely wide open for, for a couple of teams to maybe sneak into that top six. And um, there's no reason why it can't be Dundee United. And there's no reason why it can't be Dundee either. Um, they've got that momentum behind them. They've got the form. Um, I think that's like one defeat in the last 10 or 11 games something stupid like that is it more than that I mean in the vast majority of those have been wins so um, you'll have the stats better than I do George but no I've just realised I got that stat wrong because it was uh, I think 12 one 
one loss in 12 league games if you count the playoffs as league games. But yeah. they lost to St. Johnston in the cup in between. Yeah, but yeah, St. Johnston, uh, yeah. magic last season, weren't they? So, but exactly. yeah, um, Dundee are looking looking absolutely fine. Um, no qualms about them um, at all going up. Um, and it's good to see. I think the only place you're be looking at the team right now is up front. Who's going to get them the goals? Um, it was good to see Alex Jakubiak getting a getting a goal against Brora. Obviously, Danny Mullins got a wee injury. Hopefully, he's back soon. They've got Jason Cummins there as well. Um, so there is players there who can who, who can score and who have proven they can score um, at Premiership level. Danny Mullen, he, he, he doesn't he's not prolific, but he got a good six or seven um, for St Mun a couple of seasons ago. Um, Jason Cummins um, knows where the back of the net is. We know so um, yeah. Look, we'll see what happens, but yeah, Ross County, big test for them, um, and I suspect it'll be a really close, hard-fought game, and hopefully Dundee can come out on top. And on Yakubiak, uh, he's, he's a player that I really like. I think he's going to be really important in this season. Uh, he's fast, and he's he's quite direct, and he's got good good quality. I think he's really going to add a lot. I mean, obviously, you saw him for Simmern yeah. come in the in the top flight. How how did he get on in? In that wee spell he had with you guys. I remember when um, he signed for Dundee last year. I was I was really excited. I think there was there was a lot of surprise because St. Murn were in for him at the time as well. And um, I think what Jim Goodwin was saying is, you know, they they they, they weren't um, willing to pay the sort of the wages um, for the player they were getting. But uh, you know, he's a good player. Yeah. He's he's I think he's he's going to be he's going to be worth the money for for Dundee, whatever they are paying him um, to have got him in. But um, yeah, quite feet. Good movement, lots of energy, um, link up plays, his real strength. Again, I don't think he's an out and out goal scorer, mm. but um, we, when he was um, at St. Murray's, his link up play was was fantastic, no matter who he was up front with. Um, obviously, played um, up front with Danny Mullen a wee bit, and those two linked up brilliantly. Um, so, if he can, I've, I have to say, I, I, don't, I don't think he scored for St. Murray, he maybe scored once for St. Murray. So, it was, it was nice to see him get off the mark for Dundee and a week in a moment where I was like, ah, oh, he can do that. He can put the ball in the back of the net. So the fact that he's doing that as as well as um, the interplay, he was linking up really nicely with McMullen, with McGowan, um, with Byrne, with Adam, with McGee, who was bursting into the box as well. So there's plenty of attacking intent about this Dundee team. Um, and Alex Jakubiak definitely has the ability to, to be a big part of that, I think. And obviously Jordan McGee kept up his that unbeaten streak <laughs> as a midfielder. Yeah. We'll just mention that every week when it <laughs> continues. Uh, my favourite stat. Um, but we mentioned it a few times, uh, I suppose the confidence Dundee are playing with there, the uh, team spirit seems absolutely fantastic at the end. And you can tell by when you're talking to James McPake about kind of possible transfers, possible folk coming in that he's he's been really careful to maintain that with whoever he's he's getting and we've seen that with Sheridan's been training with him almost two weeks now and he's still considering mm-hmm. that Corey Panter was there a couple of weeks before they they kind of did the deal to get him on loan are you quite happy with that kind of patient approach as a Dundee yeah, fan? Yeah and just uh, I'll just go back a wee bit George to that St Johnston game that Dundee actually lost just got to say Dundee should never have had that goal chopped off <laughs> Against St. Johnson. And I'll tell you what, if Charlie Adam had scored that penalty, I might not have been St. Johnson's name on the League Cup last season. So, but I'm no better about that. Scottish Cup, sorry, I beg your pardon, the Scottish Cup. (laughs) So, anyway, so what was the question, George? Yeah. Team spirit, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Team spirit, yeah, no, vitally important you keep that. 
Yeah, I mean, if you can bottle that George and sell it, you'd, yeah, be, you'd exactly. be worth millions, wouldn't you? I mean, that's that's what football is all about. We've seen that. We've seen lesser teams because they're, they're more in harmony with it, you know, and, and teams that are filled with superstars, but, you know, they're all just out for themselves, effectively, losing games. So where Dundee were at the end of last season, it was important that they continued that. And, and James McPake is obviously doing his best to do just that. And he's been, he is being patient. But there, is, there isn't many areas of the team that they really need. You're always looking for better players, George. Mm-hmm. And even if you've got, you know, they are top-heavy, I would suggest, in, in midfield. I would suggest if, not, if a good player comes along, James McPake will sign up. You know, if he thinks he can get a player in there that will improve his lot in midfield, they'll do that. But there were areas that they did have to, to, to get guys in. I'm glad they've signed... They've signed uh, Corey Panter because it was an area, the left side of the fence, they're yep. leading that. Can he sort of uh, keep uh, Jordan Marshall at the team? That's a big ask, isn't it? You know, don't think so. Can, no, there yeah. you go. But maybe maybe he can play. Maybe you can you can squeeze the both of them in. Maybe he can play on the, uh, maybe a bit further up. I don't know. I've never seen the lad yeah. actually. He, he actually can play centre half. He's played. Yeah. Uh, McPake pointed out he played left centre half and yeah. right centre half. So he's he's quite versatile. Yeah, exactly. So there, there there may well be opportunities for the lad. They're still needing to sign a goalkeeper. Obviously, we know Sheridan's in there. Um, they're having a look at him. Um, but there's not many areas that they're really really struggling yet going they're going to have to get somebody in quick here they're in they're in a good place in terms of their squad but they're in a, an even better place in terms of the harmony yeah. within this squad it's a, it's a smiley happy environment and it's a good place to go and uh, you know work every day i'm sure there's millions of us out there who would love to say that and i'm not saying before the boss has got <laughs> on me so what you're talking about i enjoy doing what i'm doing here obviously but um yeah no it's, it seems like a really really good environment to go and james mcpate will be hoping that that can that can continue right through the, the opening weeks of the of the season just on corey panter there um john marshall obviously came off of a wee um knock in the broader game I, I don't know if you've had an update yet from from Dens, um, George, but maybe a chance that Panther could get a wee opportunity if, if Marshall is still struggling with what, whatever it was that, that, that took him out of that game early. I well, heading heading up to, to Dens to right no. for a press conference uh, almost straight after this, so I guess we'll find out. But John Marshall's he's going to be a really key player for for Dundee uh, this season. But no, I, I like the look of uh, Panther from the, the sub appearances he's made. He's he's got something about him. Looks quite a confident kind of boy as well, and obviously he fits in as a personality. That's that's what McPake's looking at when he's taking this sort of time. Obviously, he'll know pretty quickly if, if players are, are good enough quality-wise. But he, yeah. I think he's more interested in the personality and, and how they'll, they'll fit in. And just a bare mention about our our workplace. Our workplace doesn't have guys like Jason Cummings and Paul McGowan in it. I, I don't think you can compare that, can you? Oh, hey, come on. I'd like to think I'm a bit of a gouser. I'm not a cum dog, but I'm a bit of a gouser. <laughs> People write me off and I just keep proving them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Do you want to be compared delu- to gouser? Absolutely. I'm not so sure. Deluded. My hairline's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to... <laughs> wrap up some uh, news that's happened since we last did the podcast. Uh, young lads Luke Strachan and, and Sam Fisher have, have joined Forfar on loan, so wish them the best of luck. And obviously Gary Irvin, Gary Harkins, Scott Roberts, now uh, they got on uh, up just up the road in Angus. Um, interesting to see how they get on. Obviously a big Dundee uh, connection there. Uh, Imagine what will happen if they play Peter Head at some point. <laughs> <laughs> <Madness>. <laughs> um, 
So oh, we mentioned the trialist, obviously, Killing Sheridan's still around. Uh, understand Dundee like him. I think they're considering what to do. Um, obviously, we've seen his uh, history of clubs. You never know, there might be some uh, European adventure he's not been on yet. Yep. Uh, but I think he. Well, the signs are that maybe he quite likes it around Dens Park as well. Um, I can imagine it's, it's quite an entertaining place to be around. Um, who else have we got? Uh, obviously, Bear mentioned that needing a goalie, uh, somebody to push Adam Langston's. We've got Danny Rogers, who was at United uh, for a wee while this summer. And Ian Lawler, former Man City uh, youth keeper, I think. Um, we've also got uh, young Harry Sharps at the club. He's, he's a young goalkeeper that they like, but they, I think they want to get him a bit more first-team experience rather than being a, being a number two at the moment. Uh and Danny Mullen got himself injured against West Ham. We're still waiting to hear how bad that's going to be, but early signs are that it's not as bad as first thought, which is uh, great to hear because obviously you know him well, Calm. He's, I he always surprises me how good he is in the air, oh, yeah. uh, Danny yeah. Mullen. But I think he, he always, in the big games at the end of last season, he showed how, how big a player he can be for Dundee. Absolutely. And I'm going to talk about Danny Mullen in a wee minute, right? But I just want to say about Killian Sheridan. I really hope he signs because. If you've seen him on Twitter, um, his <laughs> yeah. his initiation video for one of his former clubs, he got up on the chair and he sang. Um, I say sang. He sang "Satisfaction" by Benny Benassi, which is a song that goes like, "Push me and then just touch me, so I can get my satisfaction." And I really want to see what he does for his Dundee initiation if he signs because that was an inspired choice. He did all the actions and everything. <laughs> um, it's a rather raunchy video, but yeah, I really hope that he signs just for that reason alone and can you imagine Jason Cummings killing Sheridan the banter alone would be worth whatever they're paying him so um, anyway yeah enough rambling Danny Mullen yes um, another one that when Dundee signed him um, I was excited for Dundee but also disappointed that he wasn't remaining at St Mern, um because he was great for St Mern. he popped up with goals really important goals at crucial times like you say he's not the biggest he's maybe about 5'9 something like that but he's fantastic in the air um, got a really good spring on him and he works so hard he run himself into the ground and I think that really endears him to the support um, and just like, it seems like a good lad to have in the club a real good uh, fun um, excitable character um, and most importantly a very good football player and hopefully um, he can find the back in the net with some kind of regularity um, for Dundee I think that was the one thing that was always missing for him is just to score uh, maybe another four or five goals a season and they would have been he would have been the main man. He might have been getting a move, um, you know, somewhere a little bit further up the, the football uh, food chain. But um, no, good player and um, one that Dundee will probably um, go with at the start of the season as it stands as maybe their, their starting number nine. So hopefully his injury isn't too bad and we can see him back in a dark blue shirt very soon. Well, I think the uh, the good thing for, for Danny Mullen is there won't be uh, short of chances, is, is my feeling at Dundee. Obviously, with Charlie Adams quality and all the other guys that are around him, Jordan McGee and Paul McGowan so it's uh, I don't know, everything's in good shape at, at Dens Park at the moment um, hopefully that continues uh, on into the season right now though I think we'll move on and talk about the finish up of, uh, of Euro 2020 obviously last Sunday saw the Euro 2020 final Um how did we feel about the end result, boys? Bear, were you 
quite happy with Italy winning. I thought Italy deserved to win, George. Um, yeah. You know, I'm t- although England are our biggest uh, rivals, are our biggest sporting rivals. You know, I wasn't a, sort of in the camp that you know I desperately, desperately wanted to see them lose. I wanted the, the best team to win. I thought Italy were the best team for me throughout the tournament, um, and I thought on the night they just they just edged it. I've got to say, um, I think in terms of uh, the game, it's the game itself. I think England came out and were fantastic. See that first 20 minutes that I, I was a boxing match. They came out and they put Italy on the floor, didn't they? Yeah. You know, they, they knocked them over and yeah, you know, they had them on the ropes, but they couldn't get that colour punch. They couldn't get that second goal and Italy grew in, into the game. And yeah, I thought Italy from that point on were, were the better side. Um, they, they got their equaliser. They looked the more likely side, although when it went to when it went to extra time, I didn't think the, the, the Italians pushed the issue to go you know, to go for the winner. They were more intent on not not losing the game, which is a typical Italian mentality, <laughs> I've got to say. Um I thought Bonucci and, and Chiellini were were just sensational throughout the tournament and and on the on the evening itself uh, in defence. So it shows it shows the sort of resilience and the quality you've got to have to reach the very top level in, in world football. Um, so yeah, I thought Italy probably deserved it. Although when it goes to penalties, you know, it really is anyone's game. But yeah, I think England and, and the ghosts of the past come back to haunt them. It's like the entire nation, you know. Um, are thinking negative thoughts and you know I, I, I never think that's a, that's a good sign you know everybody's sort of Italy probably the same but not in the same the same manner as England they just heard the groans going round the stadium you know I think we need a bit of Yuri Geller in there for England that's what we need <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to mention I was, they need Yuri Geller on the side obviously. yeah but George I'm a big I'm a big believer in the power of positive thinking and there was a negativity about the place about God, the whole I, thing I thought you were going to say you're a big believer in what Yuri Geller is I've tried bending a couple of spoons it doesn't work George I've tried it eh? um, what's the point <laughs> no, I don't understand <laughs> the point of bending your spoons you could just bend them anyway you just, they're, they're pretty sort of lightweight these things anyway but <laughs> Over a piece, yeah. Getting back, getting back to the actual <laughs> tournament, getting back to the tournament uh, itself. I thought it was an excellent tournament, and I thought the best team in the end won the competition. No, I agree. It's always. I mean, Cal, what do you make of the the final itself? So I, I always find it at this point when the the tournament's decided on penalties. I would have liked to see a winner during the game. Just want to say before I answer your question, that Bear, aka Norman Vincent Peel, the power of positive thinking. I like that. That's it. You've um, got to got a call on. that good stuff. You've got. You wouldn't believe I'm a Dundee fan, <laughs> would you? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So you, you were, um, yeah, you threw me off a wee bit there. But I, I have to say, you used to have kind of maintained your decorum and and um, respectability there, and, and being very nice towards England. All I'm going to say is, Viva Italia! What a perfect way for England to get part of the Euros. Uh, I don't think it would have been else, as nice if England had won it, mate. No, uh, I, I, I mean penalty shootout to lose on penalties was just oh beautiful. Loved it. Um, yeah. I just sat sat there and um, was absolutely pissing myself the whole, all the fight about ten minutes after the the, the final penalty was missed. So. Um, no, England. You know they've played well to get to the final, um, and it's a it's a tough way to lose any game for any team. But um, Italy were the better team from literally the first game of the tournament. Italy were the best team. Um, that opening game, three 0 win against Turkey. So they just kept that going, um, and and they um, absolutely one hundred percent deserve to win the Euros. You'll never change my mind on that. <laughs> um, 
despite how well England did. Um, the one thing that I suppose we're going to have to mention and we should definitely mention is um, some of the abuse that was levelled at Marcus Rashford, yeah. Jaden Sancho and Bakayo Saka for missing those penalties was disgusting. Um, and, and sadly, I don't know about you boys, totally not surprising. No, it's just constant now, isn't it? Yeah, as soon as I saw it, it was three, it's, it's actually pretty sick that this is the, the way that, that society is, that you think like this, but as soon as I saw that it was three black players that missed the penalties, my first thought was they're going to get pelters, they're going to get abuse mm. um, because of their skin colour, um, which is it's beyond the pale, it's, it's abhorrent, it's terrible. Um, but thankfully, you know, we've, we've seen the team rally around them, we've seen the players themselves come out and um, make really strong positive statements against um, some of the racist abuse that was um, thrown at them um, after the game. It's it's um, doesn't it doesn't bear thinking about really no, um, going out and doing your job and, and getting getting that. I mean, young guys, Bakayosak is nineteen, going up and taking that final penalty, um, and has the courage and the and the guts to go and do that. Which you know, these people um, who are posting these messages um, are spineless. They don't have the courage and the guts of a Saka or a Sancho or a Rashford. So. Um, more power to them, and um, I can't say the F word, but F the hate. So, yeah, <laughs> I think as well, no. Colm. You know, you know what I think as well. You're you're talking about that. It, it took away from what was an absolutely brilliant tournament, and much of it was played yeah. in this country. Yeah, you know the whole the whole tournament really went went well. We had fans back inside the stadium, and all we've been talking about now for the last five days isn't how well the tournament actually went. But there was obviously there was obviously an issue with the fans getting in at Wembley as well. But mm-hmm. it's really been clouded by some a minority of, of morons you know and, and and sadly it's a, it's a society we live in today and the only people obviously that it's the perpetrators themselves that need to be brought brought to task but it's it's the tech giants really need to clamp down on on these things happening how they do that i don't know but they're making billions and billions every year surely they must be able to you know pinpoint exactly who is doing this and then hopefully over the over the next wee period we can eradicate it from our from a, yeah. from a game, football game, but society in general, yeah. you know, is just unacceptable. I saw the government are um, trying to introduce banning orders for people who yeah. um, post racist abuse on social media. So I think that is actually, yeah, you, you, you always get it after these uh, um, events, unfortunate events that happen, um, disgusting events, that people say, oh, they need to do more, and nothing, no. you know, no one says what more is, or, or no, one, yeah. no one knows what more is as well, which is, which is, it's tough, like, what, it's hard to, like, what can you do? The internet is an open forum, essentially, and you're going to get a, a lot of complete widows and idiots on there. Um, but the fact that, yeah, that there is going to be actual punishable laws that these people can't attend football um, is good, um, but it's, it's a problem, racism, that's just so deep-rooted in society. It's an education thing, isn't it, from from day one for people in school and their, their lives at home and their environment. That, that's the big problem, you, you know, to try and stamp that out. It's a much bigger task for government and policymakers. But I think the ban order thing's a big step forward. Um, and, yeah, hopefully the, the players involved in, in receiving the abuse bounce back quickly from it because it's not nice to see. No, definitely, it has has no place at all in the game and I agree with everything you guys have said. Um my concern over the just very quickly on the banning orders is do these people actually go to oh, football yeah, games? That's the thing. Uh, that's yep. where my concern mm, is. But anyway, we'll we'll try and obviously there was kind of negative sides to, to the way the 
tournament ended. But looking back as the tournament as a whole, um, I've kind of written down a, a wee list of winners and losers from my point of view. Uh, <laughs> in the in my winners column, I've got Patrick Sheik, mm. sadly. <laughs> For yeah. us, uh, the referees were actually really good, apart from one semi final, I would say. Uh, Leonardo Spinozola was amazing, mm-hmm. and Denmark are in my winners list. Any, anyone else you'd like to, you boys would want to add into that that surprised you or had a really good tournament? Uh, I think specifically, you talk about Denmark, yeah. Um, specifically, I think uh, Simon Kier was, yeah, totemic Probably. for them at the back. He was fantastic. I've seen you've got the UEFA team in a tournament up here and I'm surprised he's not in it I have to say but you know the competition with Benucci, Maguire, Chiellini is, is massive these guys that are um, you know got to the final but yeah Simon Kier uh, the way he reacted to Christian Eriksson having that cardiac arrest in the Finland game um, to go and console his wife and um, gather around him with his teammates and he just showed real leadership and um, a, a real captain real winner um, he, he was he was massive for them and um, can hold his head high for his on pitch and off pitch performance at the Euros. Um, Billy Gilmore's another one. Yeah. Albeit he only played one game <laughs> for us. Um, I, I think he had a great tournament, and he's, he's given us a wee glimpse of what the, f- the future could be like for Scotland. So that was, from our point of view, great. Um, and also, I think the boy um, who plays for Sweden is it Forsberg? He was great. Yeah, he was good. He, he was brilliant. He's, he scored a, a great. Uh, number of goals for them. Uh, the other boy who plays up front for them, um, Isaac, came in oh, first name. Yeah. I have to say, Alexander, yeah, yeah, he was good. Um, yeah, there was lots of really uh, good performances, real good young players. Pedri for Spain, um, but you know the most important thing is the big losers were England. So, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, for me, the winners is the actual game itself. I thought I was, I was a bit nonplussed by it all when it, when it first kicked off you know I wasn't sure how it was going to go but I got right into it straight away there was great games there was goals there was great performances and um, there was obviously the drama with, with Denmark which you know that, I mean uh, that would thankfully thankfully Christian Eriksen survived you know and, and fair, fair play to Denmark Callum's touched on it you know for continuing and um, you know and I think the tournament itself was fantastic. I thought it was it was a great to see fans back in stadiums again. Yep. Great to see them, obviously, in this country, uh, getting back to Hamden, seeing Scotland being involved. So from that perspective, it was it was terrific. I think the losers, I think, might be the former. I'm, I'm still not convinced that playing so many games in so many different yeah. countries is, is ideal. Mm. I think it's tough on the teams who've had to travel. Yeah. I mean, England played the majority of their games at, at Wembley Stadium. I think, you know, they'd had to go to, you know, away across the Baku and all over the place, Moscow and, and, and travel. And I think that affects teams big style. Uh, it's very difficult. I, I think I would prefer it to be just in one one country. And I look forward to the, the Qatar World Cup. Obviously, it's going to be, it's going to be exceptionally hot there. But it's wetted it up. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be exceptionally Scotchio. And factor 50 won't be enough, I'm afraid, if you're going over there with that. Um, so, no, it's, it's certainly wetted the appetite for international football yeah. again. And the fact that Scotland were part of that, I think, you know, Steve Clark should take that moving on to the next tournament. And we want to be part of these things. You don't want to be left behind on the sidelines, you know, uh, watching from from afar. You want to be involved in these things. So, yeah, as a whole, I thought it was, I thought it was a great, great success. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great tournament um, overall. Um, and as you said, Cam, considering how it kind of started with the Christian Eriksson episode and his collapse, I mean, it's remarkable how how good it's been considering how horrible that situation yeah. was and, and really could have been 
Um, but no, on my losers list, yeah, Bear, I had the, the format of all yeah. around the, yeah, the continent so. or even further than the continent games in I, Asia yeah I, I, I think I, George I think I quite like the idea just I think as a, as a supporter you quite like the idea just being in one place you know if it's in Spain yeah you know that you know and all the fans travel or a group of countries that are that are you know it could be the, the United Kingdom and Ireland if that ever comes to pass you know but yep. all the fans come into one one spot and uh, the traveling distance is doesn't isn't prohibitive for the for the players and the fans. You know you can get around, and it's all together. Everything's together. Yeah. No, but, no, uh, I agree. I went to the World Cup in Germany, uh, and absolutely adored that. Obviously, everyone, all the fans are all together in the same country. What nineteen seventy four? You're talking about George and Billy Bremner. Missed that was chance just against in the milkman's eye at that point. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, also on my list, obviously. The shenanigans or what was going on at Wembley and all the racism is, is mm. on there. Um, sadly, I've also included Davy Marshall in that list. The <laughs> losers, sorry, David. Uh, well, That's a bit cruel, we, George. That's cruel. Said Patrick Schick in the winners column. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I included the UEFA team of the tournament in our our notes because yeah. it's obviously caused a bit of a stushy. Uh, with fans because the two top scorers in the tournament were Cristiano Ronaldo and Patrick Sheik. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo got the golden book because he had more assists, I think. But neither of them were included in the team of the tournament, which seems remarkable. Do you know why Cristiano Ronaldo's not being included in it? Because he's an absolute goon. That's why. That's why he's not getting it. Nobody <laughs> he's likes a legend. Him. Nobody <laughs> but likes do you th- him. Maybe it's because he slagged off Coca Cola. Do you think that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sponsors well have gone, nah. Yeah. <laughs> no danger. But you look at that forward line, right? Federico Chiesa, who, you know, he was immense. Italy's, yeah. yeah, yeah, immense. Italy's main man, Raheem Sterling, who was England's main man, mm-hmm. Romelu Lukaku, who what must have scored what one goal less maybe than Ronaldo and Schick. He did um, fine, but no, I, I would have picked a Schick. I would. Have uh, yeah, I think Schick's the one that you're probably thinking he maybe could have got in um, ahead of Lukaku more because he was a bit more of a surprise. And oh, Cristiano Ronaldo has great tournament for Portugal. What to do? The guy scored like 240 international goals or something stupid like that. So. You know, it's, it's, there's no, there's no surprise there. It, obviously, he would deserve to be in a team if he scores the goals, but yeah, I, I just don't like Ronaldo. I just can't be bothered. So, <laughs> aye, Shaq should be in instead of Lukaku. All right, I, I love Ronaldo. I'll go. The, the, you've got the goalkeepers there, George, in the team of the tournament, and it's Gianluigi Donnarumma from Italy. And, and fair play, the guy was, the guy was brilliant. You know, he's an absolutely massive keeper. He's, he's huge. He's huge. But I would suggest you, you could have quite easily, you know. Um, Stuck in uh, Schmeichel. Uh, mm-hmm. I would suggest that even Jordan Pickford had a case for for getting a call. I thought he was outstanding during the tournament. As much as he was bouncing about, bouncing about in the uh, box. Yeah. Mean, man, well, he's Red Bull and he's smarties. Well, that's the thing. He, he didn't go with Coca Cola, so that's why he's not in it. Ah, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Whew, that's dangerous. Uh, in defence, surely Chiellini's got to be in with Benucci. I, I yeah. just, I mean, Harry Maguire. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wouldn't have picked Harry Maguire before Chiellini in terms of the tournament itself. You know, I, mean, I thought Harry Maguire did well, but those two were just. They would, they would, you would just put them in the on the team sheet first. They were absolutely magnificent. Yeah, and just to finish off, um, UEFA included the the bunch bunch of former or football people that chose that team. Uh, <laughs> in amongst them, there's some some names in here. There's Paki Bonner was the first yeah. name. Esteban Cambia, so Fabio Capello, who also got in there. Robbie Keane, David Moyes, uh, Stephen Freund, but. Most interestingly for me, was good old Mixu Patalainen in there. 
So we can blame Mixer for that. Thing. There. Uh, I have to have to look for a Finnish legend, didn't they? There'll be a few Dundee United fans saying he's picking the, the team of the tournament for the European Championship. <laughs> Couldn't have picked a team at Paradise. They'll not be happy with that. They were also looking for a Finnish. Also looking for a Finnish legend. They could have just got my fan in Yemi, but the problem is he's no Finnish, so it's only twenty eight. <laughs> On that note, uh, I think we'll, we'll finish up for this week uh, and hope to see you all again next week. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>